Hello, everybody, and welcome to Versus, brought to you by the Art Fight Podcast. Every week on Versus, we match up one fighter and one artist from the past or the present in a winner-take-all three-round battle. In the first round, we're going to introduce our fighter. In the second round, we introduce our artist. And in the third round, we reveal our scorecards and declare our winner. I am Joe Nolan. I'm here with my co-host, Brian Siskin. Let the battle begin. This week, we're pitting Brazilian mixed martial artist Edson Jr. Barboza against American realist painter George Bellows. Brian, I can't, couldn't be more excited about getting started with this new segment uh, of our Art Fight podcast. Yeah, man, this is cool. This is a different thing, and I don't think that uh, I don't think people understand. Everything is a fight. Everything is a battle, and uh, ultimately, we just decided why not put artists against fighters? Right? It's not about who can beat each other up. It's just about comparing attributes. I think, right? Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Although uh, I would also say that uh, given the fact that this is the first time we've ever done this, we're trying to figure out exactly what this is ourselves. I think uh, we've we've worked on this for a couple of weeks uh, and threatened to do this a few times, at least to ourselves. But <laughs> yeah. here we are doing it for real. And I think we should go ahead and get started. We're planning for this to be a, a shorter program than the normal you know, hour-ish long uh, podcast that we do on Thursdays. Um, this is a down and dirty three-round fight. This is not one of those championship rounds things. We save those for Thursdays days um this is just you know a a, a down and dirty uh, uh you know three rounder and uh why don't you get us started brian tell us all about uh our fighter for this week junior i mean edson junior barboza right so for the uninitiated uh edson barboza is uh a, a 155er usually um meaning that he fights at 155 pounds uh in the lightweight class but he has recently in his last bout uh just as a few days ago uh, fought uh, at 145, made his debut at 145, and uh, was actually really impressive. It was a little scary to see how drawn out he was from the weight cut um, and uh, all that, but it was pretty impressive, and, and uh, we'll get into some of that. But he's 34 years old, 5'11". Uh, he's got 20 wins. He's got nine losses. Um, you know, unfortunately, he's been fighting, you know, like monsters uh, of the division, so he's. Uh, I think dropped- again for the un- for the uninitiated, uh, that one hundred and fifty five pound category is like the hardest category in the whole UFC. So he's he's fighting the best fighters on the planet, arguably. Yeah, yeah, and and so the thing is, is that he's one of those that you know he's dropped what five out of his last six fights but it doesn't matter he's one of those where you watch it's incredibly exciting he's very dynamic he's very very creative and uh and is known for his his leg kicks and he will chop people down to the point of uh giving up uh just from kicking them in the legs and i don't think that uh people i i can't imagine getting hit in the in the legs with a baseball bat but that seems to be what it basically <laughs> what it basically is uh so you know he, I've always thought of him as a, a bit of a kind of an outlier in the sense that his style is so explosive, so fast, and uh, and he's just so much fun to watch. It doesn't really matter to me whether he's won his last few fights or whatever. It matters to him, right? Uh, and you know, this last fight it really mattered to him. Uh, he lost by uh, decision uh, to Dan Ige um, in a very questionable, sort of uh, challengeable uh, split decision, uh, right? But you know, look, I mean, the guy, he's been doing it for a while, right? Like he's been, he's been, he's been in the UFC since uh, 2010. So, 
you know, for him to be fighting the the best of the best for this long, uh, you know, I, I think that that's that's what to to remember about about Edson. And when he's one of those fighters too, that if 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 somebody's going to start watching fights for the first time he's somebody that i would i would want them to to watch as a as a first fight you know because he's just got his his dynamism and his his uh uh excitement it's just it's it's an amazing thing to watch he really stands out in that way so that would be the maybe the overview for for edson barbosa obviously like the 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 mma heads know a lot more uh about this but we're trying to keep it a little bit topical here right uh but Mm -hmm. uh i want to introduce people to edson barbosa as much as i want uh edson barbosa to win today Sure. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, I mean, he's he's been fighting for a decade and uh, and in particular over this last decade, we've seen the 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 sport itself uh, evolve at such a steep pitch that um, that, you know, I, I, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you look at at his record or you look at his, you know, the recent losses that you mentioned and stuff like that. And it can look like, well, you know, why would I be interested in, in this guy? Why don't I see one of these other people who's beating him or whatever? And, and there may be some logic to that. But the truth is, 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 you know, again, we're talking about, you know, a guy who's in one of the the most quickest evolving sports in the world in one of the divisions that's the most difficult to be in period and um and he's been able to accomplish you know insane you know greatest in the world sort of achievements within that shark tank you know what i mean so i think uh, i think he's amazing and, and you're absolutely right that he's one of those people who who you know if if you've never seen the sport before and you saw edson barbosa you know just just you know just kick the shit out of somebody you know you might you would either be put off the sport or you might be completely seduced in that moment <laughs> yeah and you know and one last thing about uh, barbosa before we go further is just to say that i mean he's also a member of uh, american top team which for those who don't know is a very prominent uh fight uh team based out of uh out of florida and you know he's he's in and around the best of the the best and has been for a long time so uh this will factor in later when we talk about schools i'll just leave it at that yeah, there you go. Um, that's yeah, that's cool. I hadn't even thought of that angle yet. Okay, well, moving on to our second round, let's talk about George Bellows. So George Bellows is an American painter um, who, uh, you know, basically was doing his work around the beginning of the twenty first cent- or the twentieth century, um, so the early nineteen hundreds. And um, uh, Bellows, you know, when you think about that period of American painting, the early years of American painting, you have this very um, sort of triumphal sort of. Uh, um, uh, inspired sort of idea of picturing the American landscape as a reflection of the virtue of the nation itself, you know, so this beautiful place that, that, you know, we're building this country in is a reflection of the, of, of, uh, God's favor upon this nation. This whole idea is, is, is the way the value system is being worked out in, in the visual art of the country. Um, but by the time the industrial revolution begins to happen, I mean, there's, there's details between those two things, but, but by the time we fast forward to the beginnings of the industrial revolution, um, 
painters start looking around and people like uh, um, uh, George Bellows start looking around and they're seeing, you know, the uh, the struggles of laborers, the uh, the blight of urban poverty and all this kind of stuff. And they begin to say that these subjects should also be the subjects of painting, not just mountains and um, uh, and, you know, uh, portraits of rich people, but all people perhaps should be, uh, you know, should be included in, in the language of painting. And every situation is is a possible subject for painting um so 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 he he ends up uh being one of these painters who changes visual art because they start to take on these really gritty subjects and um uh and uh bellows in particular really it's you know one of the reasons why he's a good a good artist for us to have on this very first episode of verses um his his most you know, important mark that he really makes on painting is in his earliest years and in his paintings of boxers. Um, uh, Bellows uh, was, uh, let me see, I, I don't actually have it here where he was originally born. What did I do with that tab? Here he is. Definitely um, eight, 18 something. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying, but uh, he was, oh yeah, he was born in Ohio. I knew that. Um, and, and, and he was actually an, uh, an athlete as well. You know, if we want to think about them actually getting in a fight, um, uh, Bellows actually uh, played uh, baseball and basketball, I want to say. Is that right? For Ohio, Ohio State University. Um, yeah, baseball and basketball. And he was good enough at baseball that he was encouraged to go on and be a pro. So he was a, he was a, a very good athlete as a young man. But he was also a very good artist and an illustrator, and he really wanted to uh, go and study art. So he had opportunities to play professional baseball, or at least was encouraged to. He was encouraged to become a professional artist in the idea of being an illustrator or a commercial artist of some kind. But he wanted to be a, a fine artist, and so he went to New York. And while he was in New York, at one point he had a studio that was on the other side of the street of a private athletic club. And at this athletic club, they would have you know essentially like smoker bouts where guys who belong to the athletic club would, you know, put on these uh, boxing matches and uh, amateur fights, basically, that would be open to the public. And uh, Bellows would, you know, cross the street and go see these fights after a long day in the studio. And um, some of his best fo uh, best paintings were these paintings of these amateur fights that he saw. And uh, he also went on to do uh, paintings of professional fights like uh, Dempsey versus Furpo, which is uh, well, one of his best known paintings. Um, uh, it, it, it's it's a painting where it, it pictures uh, Jack Dempsey actually getting knocked out of the you know out from between the ropes. Uh, even though he goes on to win that fight later, it's one of the most famous uh, uh, boxing paintings of all time. Um, Bellows had this really cool way of of doing the painting from the point of view of the audience. So it it when you look at these paintings, you feel like you're in the crowd looking up at the fighters in the ring. Um, it's all very sort of dark, but the ring is brightly lit. And and in a in a he does one painting called. It's probably my favorite painting. It's called Stag at Sharkies. And Stag was the name for what they would call these fighters. They'd, they'd call these fighters stags because they were having a stag fight, right? So it'd just be these amateurs, you know, sort of uh, uh, bouts that they would have. Um, just, you know, kind of fight clubbish kind of shit. Just so dudes had something to yeah. do. Just go have a beer and watch these guys pound on each other. Mm -hmm. And actually, at one point, there's a, there's a quote here I have from Bellows where he says, I don't know, I and mean, this might be this might be pertinent to our, our, our battle this week, but uh, Bellows himself admits quote i don't know anything about boxing i'm just painting two men trying to kill each other <laughs> one of the things i really like about the stag at sharky's painting is that it's really like um it's 
really sort of disturbing. Like he he uses the paint in this way to really make it this really fleshy sort of felt like thing. Everybody's faces in the crowd and stuff are sort of distorted and weird. And the the boxers themselves, their faces just look like uh, they almost look just like uh, expressions of some kind of bloody meat. They don't even you can't even tell mm. what's going on between the you know one fighter's elbow and another guy's nose. You can't even really tell the difference. And and I want to think that part of that might be that at the early 1900s, that's around the time that photography is just making its way into the art world and just making its way into challenging painting as the dominant you know uh, art form. And I want to think in some ways that Bellows might have been uh, inspired by the blurred effect of photography when he when he created paintings like Stag at Sharkies. But anyway, that was that was really his high point. After that, um, uh, you know, Bellows goes on to to have a rather you know uh, you know uh, full career but it's really that time in those early days in that early gritty period of his work that um that is is mostly remembered as as his most important stuff um so i think now is a time for us to go ahead and re- move right along into our third round when we're actually going to do some judging so this is where <laughs> we're going to decide who's going to actually win this fight so mm. this our judging criteria are going to be based on the ufc criteria so ufc criteria for edson barbosa this week will be effective striking and grappling effective aggression and fight area control. And those will be compared to George Bellows um, uh, categories, which are effective use of creative tools. And he's not kicking and punching, but he's still got his tools and he's still using them. His effective creative aggression, uh, and however we might decide to interpret that this week, and then also his control of his era of art. So let's start with the, with yeah. the first criteria here. Uh, tell, me, tell me, you know, what, how do you score um, uh, Barbosa's effective striking and grappling against, uh, against George Bellows' effective use of creative tools? Well, so I think that I it's got actually, the scorecard right here. I'm going to keep. I'm going to. I'm going to write this down as we go. So we, yeah, yeah. So we well, I think it's all. The, I think it's all the same, right? I, I, I think that I'm. It's a I, ten round must. I'm yes, but I'm measuring. I'm measuring Barbosa on the same criteria that you're measuring Bellows. Oh, effective uh, use of creative tools. Yes. Okay. Uh, all, all, like all of those things, I think apply, and there and there's you know, so that's going to be one little tweak, but but ultimately effective use of creative tools you uh, you know how many how many you know there's a lot of fighters that have perhaps like a signature move or something that they you know like to do you know ronda rousey with an arm bar or you know any number of of fighters have things that they kind of uh rely on perhaps uh Mm -hmm. you know for for good or for bad right but i mean in terms of creative tools i mean the idea that that barbosa uh fights in space and can be the sort of maestro of space with respect to to leg kicks and people you know need to understand that you know when you are really good at uh leg kicks and kicking people you can stay further away from them and not get punched in the face as much however i'm not going to give too much to this but people have kind of figured out with barbosa that if you just press him uh and you shrink that space that uh things get a little bit more difficult for him so i think of him as kind of like a a person that maybe got found out a a little bit you know or maybe outed himself because he was just destroying people uh with these leg kicks and then so there's been a little bit less of that uh but i think that any fighter that is known you know you can ask anybody you know barbosa they're gonna say leg kicks right so it's not it's not all i mean he has incredible he has great boxing he's got you know he's got a complete game uh but i think that in terms of an effective use of creative tools i can't think 
of many fighters that have a, a, a tactic or a tool like that um, that is that requires so much creativity that causes so much uh, damage and, and is so feared and you know you know anybody that's going to fight uh, Barbosa is going to really be thinking deeply uh, for a couple of months ahead of time about how to not get kicked in the legs that many times uh, so I, I have to you know I know I'm harping on leg kicks here but I'm just going to say man effective use of creative tools uh barbosa you know maybe it's not tools i mean of course he has a complete game but i think that uh, when it comes to leg kicks that's that's his jam uh do you want me to go through the other two as well uh no let's go let me okay. do mine and then we'll do the next one so, right on. so i i am and i'm going to keep mine short because i'm ultimately going to just agree with you i really do think this is a great matchup this week i really do think that you can go into some details about the way bellows uses paint to create action and direction and impact and chaos uh, and capture the energy of actual physical fighting. I mean, I think it's it's really well done. At the same time, I'll also say that within painting, before Bellows and after Bellows, even though he can sort of be credited with applying it to that milieu, I, I don't see what he's doing with paint to be um, as particularly unique and interesting as the sort of elevated... Uh, place that Edson Barbosa takes his leg kicks to and his striking to in general. You know, I really think that that Edson Barbosa is is rather like, you know, even though we've we've talked about his his, you know, recent, you know, mixed record and things like that, at the end of the day, really this guy is in the legend status. You know what I mean for his for yeah. his his striking ability, his use of his creative irrespective tools. of yeah. record. It really is. It yeah. really is. And so for me, uh, he edges out Bellows in this case, too. So it's also going to be a 10-9 round for me, uh, Barbosa favored against Bellows. And now in the nice. category of effective creative aggression. All right. Okay. So so in the UFC, when we talk about this, we're, we're asking, you know, basically it's just a it's, a it's a reason to sort of make the fighters actually fight and not be safe in their fighting in mm-hmm. the sense of, you know, they you've got to be effective being aggressive, you know. So, so when we judge that for Barbosa versus... Mm-hmm. Um, versus Bellows, how does that come out for you? Yeah, well, I, I I feel like you biased that one a little bit nicely by the way that you set it up. I think everybody can start to feel uh, that the 10-9 might go Bellows' way here. But but here's what I'll say. In terms of creative aggression, effective creative aggression, uh, I mean, it's about, it's about a, being effective. And I don't understand why people do not more religiously apply leg kicks as a as an ethos and as a way of doing things i appreciate that i'm not a fighter you open yourself up to a lot of things you you can get taken down there's a lot of factors as to like you know kicking uh uh leg kicks and whatever uh too much but anyway creative aggression though i mean Anybody that wants to understand what Barbosa can do to a human being just needs to go back and watch his fight with Terry Edom. And uh, when was that? 2012, I believe. So that was a good while ago. Um, But it's made every highlight reel since then. And it's one of those things where it was his kick was so fast and so not telegraphable. And Edom, you know, albeit maybe not on the level, uh, he froze i mean it was like uh it, it he 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 timbered like like an oak tree so i mean uh and so it was one of the most devastating head kicks i've ever seen in my life i mean i, I it's one of those things where i remember where i was 
when I saw it, you know, like, I mean, I've seen hundreds of fights and fight cards and whatever, but you have to give some value, right? To the ones where you're like, I remember I, where I was when that happened, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, in terms of being effective, I mean, pr- pretty, pretty damn effective. But I think also, uh, when it comes to like the aggression part of it, uh, Barbosa is not the guy that's going to try to walk people down all the time. He's not, mm-hmm. he's not that. Uh, so it's, it's a different, perhaps, uh, more, uh, counter focused type of uh aggression so maybe that uh-huh. maybe that seeds a little way uh for, for your guy bellows here what do you what are you doing what do you, what do you got yes or no 10 9 for who i i i'm gonna go 10 9 bellows you're oh so you're gonna say you so you're saying bellows takes the gets gets the gets you, it on this one on, on the effect on the effective creative aggression which you haven't gone through yet you haven't justified it yet but i'm just oh, telling i haven't done mine yet okay. yeah yeah but i'm just telling you like this is i can see where it's going and but i just feel like ultimately since barbosa is not a walk you down kind of even though he's a monster uh and very scary and can do some very athletic amazing things he's not like at his in his uh, sort of uh, whatever you want to call it his psychology or his fight methodology or whatever you want to call it his skills don't lend themselves to just pressing 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 so I feel like I, by that I would probably need to go ahead and concede it but we'll we'll see we'll see maybe I'm wrong yeah well I you know I, I think it's very close to uh, I think it's very close because I think that, you know, Barboza, for all the obvious reasons, you know, can be very effective with his aggression. Um, I think Bellows, in his own way, you know, when him and these other Ashcan painters, you know, start to uh, basically just take on this brand new subject matter in the midst of an art world establishment, it was very creative aggression and it was very effectively handled. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, It was a very aggressive thing to do and they did it. And also, just like Barbosa, later on in his career, you know, Bellows sort of gets walked backwards too and he's sort of even though he shows this early promise and make and sort of stakes this claim early on he doesn't he's not able to you know continuously keep up with with everything that's coming down the pike and and to do this that'll lead us into our third our third area of scoring um but for me i think i'm gonna say man it's really close and i guess this is one of those times where you have to make a choice um so i am actually gonna say that I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Barbosa. I'm gonna say ten for Barbosa, nine for Bellows. What's your final score gonna be? I mean, I'm I'm supposed to be uh, you know arguing on behalf of Barbosa right now, but my, still, my instinct says to sort of, right, you know what? I'll take it. How about that? I'll just take it. Yes. Okay. Ten nine. Ten nine. Okay. Going I mean, into the I third. Think, to me, it makes sense because to, yeah. for me, ultimately. I just feel like you know Bar- Bellows has this this flash of of genius sort of, but but it's 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 less sustained than than what we've seen from Barbosa over the course of his career. So that's where I go with that. So the last thing we're talking about is art era control. In in a fight, we're normally talking about. Um, uh, like you know, who controls the ring during the during a particular round? You know, who's sort of setting the pace and things like that. And uh, and you know, we're talking about that with Barboza, but we're talking about how he's been able to sort of establish that across a career. And we're also talking about that uh, regarding George Bellows. Um, uh, why don't you go ahead and, and do yours first, and then I'll do mine, and we'll tally up our score here. All right. So for art era control, I mean, you have to you have to look at the career, the span of of Barbosa. And I mean, the sport was wildly different uh, ten years ago. I mean, in many ways, um, he has evolved with the times. He's not 
unfortunately, I, I don't think as frightening and uh, as much of a standout perhaps as he was uh, in the maybe you know five to seven years ago time. Uh, but you know he's he's in his mid thirties. You know um, he's been yeah. he's been doing this a long time and he's still very relevant on big cards. People want to see mm-hmm. him fight. I don't think he's still. I don't think he's considered a gatekeeper. I think he's been around. You know, uh, and he's he's. And he has improved and, you know, he's still, I mean, he's lobbying today to, you know, about his uh, fight this past weekend, you know, the, the loss that he, this just questionable decision. He's not, it's not, he's still super competitive and, you know, he's not Absolutely. just like, like uh, he's not just going to get a paycheck and be like, ah, I don't care what the decision is, whatever. Uh, so uh, there's that. Now, also I have to bring up again, you know, his, uh, you know, being an American top team, and the company that he keeps there, the 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 effective art school, right? That he's in. Uh-huh. I have to sit there in this comparison and say, okay, what is this versus like the the Ashcan school, which we, you mentioned, right. but we didn't really actually elaborate on. But generally speaking, I'll I mean, I'll let you elaborate more on that. But I want to use that as a point of comparison or contention here because I think that uh, ATT American Top Team is very serious, serious serious team however and this is this is a this is a mixed martial arts gym that's that's had dominant fighters in it since the beginning of the mma era is that, yeah i mean more or less yeah right just dominant and uh that's for our art friends out there who don't know what we're yeah talking. right yeah exactly so but on the flip side in terms of the ashcan school that was a poking fun right it was not even taken like this the the collective they didn't even necessarily take it very seriously it was a tongue-in-cheek uh kind of a an assertion so uh i have to yeah yeah so i feel like that you know in terms of like i don't know if it's like pedigree or you know what it is but i feel like you know the institution from which barbosa comes from and and continues to fight from uh helped establish and helped establish with this this you know long run that he's had he's in his mid-30s now and he's he's still going he's still very competitive and and right in there you know i mean he's 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 lost uh, you know a handful of fights recently but he's one of those that you know it could it could turn for him but uh either way he's always going to be sort of uh revered and, and and very capable uh and i think he'll he'll keep going for a while so in terms of art era control and mixed martial arts era control i think that he's been very lasting uh at the same time i don't think that he's ever really been a a a contender's contender, you know, like a somebody that we really instinctually think that he's going to get right over the hump any minute now. For whatever reason, it's just never quite been put together for him in exactly the right way. I mean, when you think about when he fought Anthony Pettis, and you know, I mean, it's that was I don't know. So without going too long here, Art Era Control, I feel like there's a few things to contend with there, but I think that the one advantage that he has over bellows is that the school and the institution for which he comes from is a a lot more codified serious and established i think that's an excellent point and i also feel like um like you know for all the reasons you just mentioned uh and for the fact that you know we can look back on bellows and see the whole of his career and on some levels you know the career of of um barboza is still being written you know and i think there's reasons to believe it's worth paying attention to what's going to go on with the rest of the career um i feel like i feel like there's you know this I won't call this a 10-8 round, Brian, but I'm definitely going to give this round also to uh, Edson Barbosa. So we both give this to Why Edson not a 10-8? Why not a 10-8? 
I, to me, it's not that big of a blow. I mean, Bellows is. I mean, there's other other of Bellows colleagues who's who don't paint, who didn't paint great boxing. Games. Maybe one of those bums. Maybe one of those bums. It's a 10-8 round. But to, to yeah. me, to me, to me, Bellows deserves his spot here, and and he holds his own in terms of the era, and um, uh, you know, in terms of in terms of you know, uh, in a sense, you know, to me, his stuff is the best stuff of a of a time. Uh, that you know, if you want to talk about the history of American painting, you got to talk about George Bellows. You know what I mean? So he's still that guy. You know, even yeah. if he's not the guy who you know was like Picasso and just was able to morph and change and just sort of lead the way through era after era or Miles Davis or whoever. And all those guys are going to be in upcoming fights on verses, by the way. <laughs> so, so at the end of the day, Brian, this uh, this comes down to. Uh, 3027 from you, 3027 from me, and our winner this week, Edson Barbosa, uh, defeating defeating George Bellows in a in a, a unanimous decision. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, and maybe maybe here we go. Well, I just came up with this criteria, but maybe if they win every round and they win a unanimous decision, so that they won all the rounds on your on your card and mine, we're gonna call that a knockout. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's a knockout, ladies and gentlemen. Come back next week, uh, and we're going to be doing this every Tuesday night at three o'clock Central, two p- uh, four o'clock Eastern, right? Yeah. Um, four o'clock Eastern, three o'clock Central. We're on Central time here in in the, in the American South, uh, but we're going to be doing these versus podcasts. They're they're probably going to be shorter than this. This one took a little longer than normal, but they're going to be short, sweet. Three rounds of, of creative art fighting, and uh, and then we'll see you this Thursday um, for another uh, full episode of the Art Fight Podcast. Awesome. Hey, uh, well, thanks, Joe, for uh, for running this this ship and making it happen uh, and being available. I hope your vacation was, uh, you know, refreshing or whatever. Uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as good as it could be, trying to recreate the Gulf of Mexico in my backyard. <laughs> you did a good job from what I saw, man. It was pretty good. It was yeah. pretty good. All right. Well, so <laughs> so that's a wrap then. Uh, 3027. Boom. 3027. Um, okay, everybody. We'll see you on uh, on Thursday for, uh, for Art Fight Podcast live at 3 p.m. Central for Eastern. No. No. Oh no no that'll be at five. <laughs> I'm sorry, we do it yeah. at five on Thursday. Five PM yeah. Central. So we do six PM Eastern. Yeah. Tuesday three PM, Thursday five PM. And there you can do the calculations for the time zones. That's y'all. Follow us on follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Art Fight Podcast because we'll be smarter there than we are right now. Yeah, and if you guys have somebody that you feel like you would like to nominate for one of these uh, these affairs, uh, I mean, I'm going to throw some names around that we've been talking about. We've been talking about Donald Cerrone. We've been talking about Anderson Silva, uh, Bruce Lee, and then we've also been talking about Alan Poe, Elvis Presley. Yep. Dimebag Daryl, Frida Kahlo, Keith Haring, Marina Abramovich. I mean, this could go a lot of ways. So we want people to play along, and and, and uh, we hope Andre that you guys enjoy it. Versus Truman Capote <laughs> next week on Versus. That's, that's kind of legit, man. That's kind of legit. Let's maybe do that. <laughs> I'm putting them on the list. We have no rules. We can do whatever we want. Uh, all right. Well, I appreciate it, everybody. Uh, thanks, Joe, and uh, we are out.
Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash artfightpodcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and, and help us out. Again, anchor.fm forward slash artfightpodcast. Click on support this podcast. All right. Thanks, everyone.